Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to hear from Gregory F. Simpson, Managing Director at Agent in Engagement LLC, an employee experience consultancy focused on helping companies and their employees succeed. Gregory believes that an engaged workforce is the foundation of organizational success and is on a mission to help companies and their employees succeed. He has created award-winning workplace experiences for people at all levels of Fortune 150 companies such as Accenture, State Farm Insurance, Deutsche Bank and Microsoft. Gregory has previously been named on the Employee Engagement Awards Engagement 101 list of top influencers and experts in the world of employee engagement. Greg, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Thanks, Bill. Glad to be here. This is my favorite subject, so uh, let's go. Let's jump in. Firstly, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your career history and your current role at Agent in Engagement. Sure. Happy to do that. Um, Probably the easiest way to do that is to tell you my Clorox story. Uh, my background sounds strange. It'll, it'll make sense, trust me. Uh, my undergraduate degree was in marketing and management. I always loved my marketing classes, but I excelled in my management classes. And throughout my career, just kept falling into management roles, management roles. Um, loved what I did. I love helping people develop their skills and advance their careers. Um, it became a point where I basically said, you know, I, I wanted to be a marketer, and I'm, I'm not. I'm a manager. So I decided to go back to school and get my MBA. Um, turns out that uh, my concentrations in my MBA were brand management and organizational development. So again, I had that marketing management um, duo concentration. Um, as I was interviewing after grad school um, with a bunch of companies, something just didn't feel right. I was really excited about being brand manager, but this, there was something just missing in the interviews and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then that's what brings me to the Clorox part. So I was doing laundry one day and I picked up the Clorox. And I looked at the Clorox and I said, do I want to market Clorox? And I said, I don't want to market Clorox. It's toxic. People don't recycle. I'm fairly green, so that's a big issue with me. And you really need 15 types of Clorox. It just didn't make sense to me. And so I had this really like moment of, oh my, I've just spent a lot of time and money to become a brand manager and I don't want to be a brand manager. So I started doing some reading and I quickly came upon a term called internal branding that interested to me. And after doing some research on it and reading a few more things about it, it basically turned out that internal branding is employee engagement. And what, and that's basically what I've been doing my entire career. What I realized was that brand management was taking the company and selling it to the public. And what my forte was with employee engagement was taking the company and selling it to the employees. Um, so I had been creative. Um, I had done mar- you know, marketing type things in that, in my, in my roles. I just didn't realize or recognize that. And uh, so once, you know, once that epiphany happened, I kind of knew this is my calling and employee engagement is what I'm going to be focused on for the rest of my career. Okay, thank you very much. Now, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear from you in, in terms of effective employee engagement and, and company culture initiatives. I, I often hear start from the top. So in, in your opinion, what, what separates great bosses from lackluster leaders? And what are some smart habits that every great leader should develop? Sure. So I heard one term in there that that really grates on my nerves, and that's the word boss. So to me, I, and I'm very big on, on terminology. So when I hear boss, it makes me think of the old command and control type of manager. 
Um, and that has no place in today's workplace. That's going to be the biggest, one of the biggest ways to disengage somebody pretty quickly if, if you're always micromanaging and telling them what to do, when to do it, all that stuff. Um, and then when it comes to things starting from the top, I kind of look at it a little bit differently. Um, I think, you know, you have to have senior leader support, but I think employee engagement actually starts at the lowest level of the organization, and that's with the, the frontline workers and the frontline managers. Um, because that's the group that has the biggest impact on engagement. If you look at surveys from Gallup, they say 70% of the variance in, in engagement is directly a result of your frontline manager because the manager is the company to those employees. Um, so it's really important to have people in that role that, that have the skills that, um, that can make them effective managers. And that's really goes back to a lot more soft skills uh, rather than hard skills. Emotional intelligence, humility, empathy, all those kind of things. And I think right now the role of a manager is, is really morphing in, from a manager role into more of a coaching role, um, helping companies or helping employees succeed rather than telling them what to do or managing their everyday activities and things like that. We'll be right back after this message from Espresso. It's time to transform your workplace for good. Espresso.com is the first culture benefits platform designed to help create total community, well-being, and recognition, and with an experience that HR and people love. Join companies like Pinterest, Tesla, Box, and ServiceNow, who are already using Espresso to make their cultures happier and healthier. Espresso.com is total well-being and culture benefits reimagined. That's E-S-P-R-E-S-A dot com and request a demo today. The people power is in the platform. Okay, obviously I use that term bosses or boss as a loaded term there just to get you going. <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. What, what, what in your opinion makes, makes for a really effective employee engagement program? Any, any best practices that you can share with our listeners? Sure. Um, I think of employee engagement more as a process than a program because uh, I think it has to be built into everyday activities and has to be tailored to each employee. Um, I think from a best practice, or I guess my primary best practice is really getting that right manager or coach in place. Um, companies aren't really set up to do that in these days. They tend to promote individual contributors that have been really well, you know, done really well in their roles, but they don't really consider that the skills that are needed to become, you know, to be an effective manager on top of that. Um, and as a result, again, another Gallup study says that one in 10 managers should actually be in the role that they're in. And two to three, with a little bit of training, can be really effective managers. But those other seven that are in management roles should have never been in those positions, and they're causing much more damage um, by being in those positions because they're miserable because they don't want to deal with the people part of it. Um, so that affects their own engagement and their you know, relationships outside of work and friends and things like that. They don't do as well with their team, so their team is disengaged, which makes turnover you know, uh, a factor. So... Uh, what I tend to do when, when I go into companies is really focus on those, making sure that we have the right managers and, and the right in the right roles, um, because that that sets you up on a, a huge uh, a huge win right off the bat. Okay, thank you very much. Now, now in terms of how one can measure employee engagement alongside survey results, how important are measures such as uh, employee turnover rates, um, employee referral activity, absenteeism, exit interviews, and paid time off usage? Right. So I think measuring engagement is really interesting because 
it's really just based on a point in time and people aren't engaged 100% and their level of engagement can change by day, by hour, even by minute based on what happens in the workplace. Um, so that's why I've kind of focused, instead of focusing on employee engagement so much, I'm starting to focus more on the employee experience because I think it's the experience that drives that engagement. The engagement is the actual outcome that we're looking for. Now, of all the, the measures that you mentioned, I think they're all important to understand, and each company needs to look at what mix of those is best for them. It's going to tell them the story that they need to uh, to understand. But I think one that you mentioned is really interesting, and that's the paid time off usage. Um, most companies don't track that. Um, and if they do, it's more of a tracking to figure out who's using too much time and things like that. Um, I think it's a really interesting metric for engagement because uh, you need to look at the people that aren't using their paid time off. Those people are, are either working really hard, um, they're you know they love their job or whatever, but they're eventually going to get burned out if they don't take time off to to relax and, and re rejuvenate. Um, when I was at Accenture, that was one of the metrics they started pulling in um, that they provided management with to uh, to have an idea of of who was at risk of uh, becoming more disengaged or potentially even leaving the company. And one of those metrics was how much you know how much paid time off do they have banked right now. Uh, and when was the last time they took a vacation or took time off, things like that. So I think that's really one that's really important that um, that everybody look at um, just because that's a way to kind of alleviate potential disengagement or or burnout down the road. Can you tell our listeners, in your opinion, how important are, are rewards and recognition and ensuring that employees feel valued? Um, and maybe you can highlight a couple of companies that you think are getting it right. Yeah, I think everybody wants to feel like they're valued, um, that they have, you know, they're contributing to the company. Um, and I think recognition itself, more so than rewards, the recognition part is the most important of that, is uh, it really allows people to understand how they're impacting their peers, how their company, you know, how they're their company and, and even their customers or clients. Uh, I think the, the greatest thing about recognition is that it's pretty inexpensive. Um, it just takes effort um, because that feedback or those, the comments that you give when you recognize somebody need to be meaningful. Um, and the more you can tie them back to a specific company goal or something very, very concrete, um, the more people understand what's expected of them and, and they'll want to do more of that to, uh, to keep getting that, that positive feedback. As far as companies that are doing it right, um, instead of talking about specific companies, I think really the companies that are getting it right are the ones that are doing a combination of employee manager feedback, but also the peer-to-peer -peer feedback. Any, anybody that has a, a program where peers can, can recognize other peers for the work that they've done uh, goes, goes a long way to kind of creating a, 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 a collaborative culture um, where you kind of understand my work impacts everybody, not just my manager. You know, my manager's just not watching or the company's not watching. It, everything is tied together and everything's connected. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I'd, I'd like to uh, get a bit meaty with you now, and um, I, I'm going to try and hold back on my own personal opinions on this. But you may, <laughs> you, you may sense some by the way that I word this question. Okay, but, I'm scared. Uh, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, in terms of sentiment analysis on, on company emails or social media posts or or Slack, uh, most office workers know on on some level that their work emails and messages aren't entirely private. That, that, that's that's you know that's just the way it is um but they may not realize however the the extent to which their communications are being analyzed and passed for signs about employee happiness and satisfaction do you think it's right 
for employers to monitor employee emails, stack conversations and social media activity? I mean, wh where's the trust in all of this? What, what's, what's the justification for, for monitoring employee communications? Yeah, I think, I think what you just said was the most important word in the whole thing that you talked about, and that's the word trust, because trust is the basis of employee engagement. You know, I get why companies are are moving in this direction. They're under a lot of pressure to maintain, you know, safe working environments. We have a lot of sexual harassment issues in the workplace, bullying, things like that. And I think they just want to get insight to try to keep those things from happening, you know, prevent those. Um, but I think too that if they're going that route, that it's really important that they have to be transparent about what they're doing and how they're doing it and what they're using that information for. I think companies tend to think, oh, I told them once, they, they know we're doing this. But in this situation, since this is an ongoing process of monitoring emails and all the other communication tools that we have within companies, it's something that really needs to be talked about all the time. And I think what could even be more helpful is if, so that people don't feel like they're being tracked or, you know, big brothers watching them, is really to take the information they're getting from that and feeding that back into the, into the employee um, conversation of this is we, we were seeing this and this is you know you know and have to start having those conversations around it to make it more interactive rather than just a one way we're we're, we're big brothering you and then we're going to tell you what what to do after that or something like that um, but i think it's a really interesting um thing that's going on in the companies now i just think that the more transparency that we can have and the more we can tie it back to um how that impacts the employee how they benefit from that um the better you mentioned there that maybe they get told once. Is that then the role of the HR department just to sort of drill home the fact that this does happen um, and to, to justify why the company does it? So I think HR plays a little bit of a role. Um, HR tends to be the um, the compliance type of uh, – plays a compliance role in in this. I think really it's the it's the leadership, especially those frontline managers that we've talked about. That they're you know they're continually having those conversations with their teams to say you know fyi we learned this just to keep it top of mind in the conversation so that everybody knows um that that it's happening and how that information is being used and then that gives them the opportunity to say oh so if i don't want my company to know this then i can go use my own network somewhere else i don't have to use my company's wi-fi or or you know landlines or any of those things um that gives them the option to kind of opt out of having the company collect that information um, that's not company related. So, Okay, thank you very much. Just before we wrap this one up for today, Greg, how can our listeners uh, connect with you and, and learn more about all the awesome things that you're getting up to? Sure. Of course, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me at Gregory F. Simpson. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter account is AGT in engagement. It's a shortened version of agent. Um, so uh, love to have you there. I post a lot of the best and latest articles on employee engagement and employee experience there every week. And then finally, you can visit the website, which is agentinengagement.com. Um, we have blogs out there, or blog posts out there, and then we also have reading lists. Um, you can kind of see what I'm reading and what's, how that kind of informs my, uh, my theories and, and uh, thoughts around employee engagement and employee experience. And the big thing that um, I'm excited about is that uh, I don't know why I didn't think of it before, but I'm actually going to be putting up uh, a list of the top employee engagement, employee experience books there as well. So if, if anybody's interested more in learning about that, then I can kind of shortcut you to some of the best uh, information out there on that. So I hope you find that helpful. Absolutely. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Greg Simpson, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you for having me. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. 
Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.